There are three big problems with used vehicle appraisals. One, manually sifting through comp vehicles. Two, old book values and ghost comps. Three, no recon visibility. You can solve them all with AutoVision. Now available from Reynolds and Reynolds. Learn more at reyrey.com slash used cars. That's R-E-Y, R-E-Y dot com slash used dash cars. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year automotive news digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Monday, February 12th, 2024. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, Tesla rakes in billions from other automakers. We'll explain how. Panasonic signs a huge graphite deal for North America battery cells. And Magnus profits surge despite the UAW strike and EV impacts. Plus, We'll break down all of the auto ads that aired during the Super Bowl with Ad Age's E.J. Schultz. Automakers did overall, I think, pretty well this year, actually, if you look at the general perception and the rankings. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Tesla continues to cash in on other car makers needing help to meet emission standards, keeping up a lucrative business that the company thought would fade away. According to an annual filing, the EV giant generated almost $1.8 billion in regulatory credit revenue last year. That means Tesla has now raked in almost $9 billion since 2009 from the business. Selling regulatory credits is a tidy business for Tesla. It earns the credits by making and selling EVs, then sells them to manufacturers whose new vehicle fleets exceed emissions limits set by various authorities. Those include China, the European Union, and state of California. Tesla bears little to no incremental cost earning the credits, so the sales are virtually pure profit. Hyundai's massive EV and battery complex in Georgia will be online as soon as October 2024. That's three months ahead of Target. Hyundai Global COO Jose Munoz told Automotive News that the company is speeding up the process because, so far, the company is losing out on U.S. federal tax credits for its EVs. By producing earlier, we can get the benefits that the U.S. government is giving to the cars that are assembled in, in the U.S. with critical components and uh, minerals uh, also coming from North countries of concern. So we're very happy about that. Construction of the so-called Meta plant is a $7.6 billion investment for Hyundai Motor Group. The EV plant will assemble six models across its three brands. An adjacent factory, the result of a joint venture with LG Energy Solution, will build batteries to support the EVs. Munoz isn't saying which model will be the first to come from the plant, but he says it will eventually produce the three-row Ionic 7, which is expected next year. Panasonic Energy is entering into an agreement with Australian battery materials supplier Novonics that is expected to supply the Japanese battery cell manufacturer with at least 10,000 tons of synthetic graphite. It's a key material in anodes used in lithium-ion batteries for electric vehicles. The material will be sourced from Novonix's Chattanooga plant over four years, beginning in 2025, and will be used to support Panasonic's U.S. manufacturing facilities. 
Financial terms of the deal were not disclosed. And Magna International says its fourth quarter net income surged 185% to $271 million from a year earlier. North America's largest parts supplier credits steadier new vehicle production across the globe. Magna reported fourth quarter sales of almost $10.5 billion. That's a 9.3% rise from the same period in 2022. The jump in sales and net income during the period came despite the impact of last year's UAW strike. Magna says the strike cut its quarterly sales by about $275 million. For the full year, Magna sales rose 13% from 2022 to almost $43 billion. Net income more than doubled to $1.2 billion. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, selling regulatory credits is a very lucrative business for Tesla. Will other automakers get into the business of selling these credits? Yeah, I think for the other EV startups, that's definitely part of their thinking is these companies that don't make enough EVs, they can really boost their bottom line. It's hard to make and sell EVs for a profit, but if you can get other automakers to give you money for your credits, that certainly helps the business. Gotcha. Coming up, now that the big game is over, it's time to take a look at all of the auto ads that aired during the Super Bowl and what they say about the state of marketing in the auto industry. That's next on Daily Drive. Data is the backbone of your used vehicle department, but finding the right data and using it to build accurate comp sets can be difficult. How often do you find yourself making manual adjustments to pricing recommendations? Reynolds' newest inventory management solution, AutoVision, can help. Jose Mendoza, General Manager at San Leandro Honda, explains how AutoVision sets his business apart. Everybody's going on third-party vendor sites to see what they're priced at out there. Everybody's uh, looking at auction data. Everybody's looking at transaction data, if you can get it. So the only thing that, that, that really is going to make a difference for you is what you're selling them at. So I, I think you have to weigh that a little bit heavier than you do everything else. It doesn't matter if the market says you can sell this car for $30,000 if the last three you've sold have been at 27. We have reports set up through our DMS, through through Reynolds and Reynolds, and through AutoVision, which is what we use for our uh, used cars. And we have reports set up in those. And it's something that that I think is is important to constantly be talking about and constantly be be going over. AutoVision can help you run your used vehicle department with precise comp sets, real-time inventory data, and reconditioning insights. Visit reyrey.com slash used dash cars to find out more. That's reyrey.com slash used dash cars. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Sunday's broadcast of Super Bowl 58 from Las Vegas included only a small number of automotive ads. Commercials promoting the BMW i5, Toyota Tacoma, Volkswagen ID Buzz, and Kia EV9 aired as the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the San Francisco 49ers in an overtime thriller, 25-22. Each year, our sibling publication Ad Age analyzes all of the ads that aired during the Super Bowl. News editor E.J. Schultz has a keen eye on the automotive ads. He joins me now to talk about his biggest takeaways. E.J. Schultz, welcome to Daily Drive. Good to be here. 
the Super Bowl is still, you know, a, a big venue for TV ads, of course, with a large live audience. But auto brands seem like they've been in decline. Is there a, a segment that's like pricing out the automakers the way cryptocurrencies did last year? So we had four auto brands in this year's game, Kia, Toyota, BMW, and Volkswagen, which actually equals the same number of auto brands in last year's game. Uh, but it's down from the 2022 game when we had six automakers. And if you remember, that was sort of the beginning of the EV hype uh, 2022, when we had all a lot of automakers out there sort of foreshadowing their great EV investments. And of course, we know that that segment has sort of cooled off a little, the hype's died down a little bit. So I think that has affected things a little bit. And also the the Detroit Three, none of them spent on the game this year. Stellantis, which is a, a regular Super Bowl advertisers, has been in cost-cutting mode, of course. And, you know, they pulled back on a lot of things. And the Super Bowl is one of the bigger ticket items that you can save a lot of money on not doing anything. So they were absent. And, of course, if you go back in history, they've been behind some of the more iconic ads in the game. So so they were they were on the sidelines this year. Well, and I mean, for brands, I mean, there have been years where Stellantis or Stellantis predecessors, you know, Fiat Chrysler would have three ads by themselves. Exactly. And, you know, one thing I was watching as the Detroit Lions were um, making some noise and maybe had a path to the Super Bowl. I was wondering if the Lions had made it, if one of the Detroit brands would find a way in because they would be noticeably absent. You know, here, yeah. here the Lions maybe finally made the Super Bowl and there's no Detroit <laughs> automaker in the game. Yeah, it would be it would be very interesting. Probably more of a uh, a culture ad than a product ad at that point. But right, and they did some things of both GM and Stellantis around the Lions as they were making their playoff run. You know, sort of leaning into that, but they didn't have. Unfortunately for Detroit fans, they didn't have the opportunity to continue that. Right, right. So, of the four that uh, aired last night, was there one that particularly stood out to you? So I personally like the Volkswagen ad. And I am lost and I can even say why. Punch buggy red. Mm. I am You know, Volkswagen had not been in the game for 10 years, and they came back with a sweeping ad sort of tracing their 75 years of history in the U.S. and, and really sort of trying to remind American viewers the place that VW has in, in the consciousness of many people, which goes back, of course, to the to the Beetle coming into America 75 years ago. They sort of leaned into that being sort of this odd car that sort of came in on shore. And then they sort of went through the the years of, you know, the, the hippie vans. And they, they even had a flashback to their Super Bowl ad from 10 years ago when they had the Darth Vader scene with the facade, which is. Yeah. one of the classic ads. So they had a nice little nod in there and they actually used the same director that did that Darth Vader ad, uh, Lance Accord. So they, they were able to use him again. However, the general public actually liked Kia the best. The USA Today ad meter, which is sort of the go-to score that most people look at, ranked Kia as the third best ad. But automakers did Overall, I think pretty well this year, actually, if you look at the, the general perception and the rankings, BMW scored high with their ad that had Christopher Walken in it. Toyota was probably, I think it came in number 38. I mean, I thought it was pretty funny. It was maybe just a little more like a regular run of the mill ad. 
And it actually was, uh, you know, they <laughs> admit that. I mean, they didn't call it run to the mill, but they got an opportunity. They had come out, uh, you know, like less than two weeks before the game or so and said, you know, we're not going to be in this year's game, which was sort of puzzling because they had spent all that money to be the NFL sponsor. But then they got a last CBS called them last minute and said, listen, we had this inventory open up. Would you guys like to be in the game? And they said they decided within 24 hours. Yes. They felt they had an ad in their pocket that was worthy, which is, of course, the Tacoma ad that ran, which is was all about the people grabbing onto the side door handle in an attempt to sort of show the thrilling nature of riding in a Tacoma off-road. Introducing the most powerful Tacoma ever. Shut the front With door! The shut the front door handle. And even the No Me Gusta handle. Standard on the all-new Toyota Tacoma. So they ended up jumping in last minute. You know, it, it wasn't a kind of over-the-top production or a, a big celebrity uh, kind of uh, of an ad, but the Tacoma is a real celebrity of itself for Toyota dealers. It's such a it's a high-volume product, and it's of course their best-selling truck. So it's a it's pretty important for them. And this this ad actually begins a big campaign on the Tacoma. They, they originally had planned to run the, the ad that ran in the Super Bowl a week before. So they held it, ran it in the Super Bowl. They also ran an ad on Univision's broadcast of the Super Bowl. It's a different ad. Hmm. And they have all kinds of ads coming for the Tacoma, all specifically targeted for, for different demographics as well. So they're, they're really spending a lot on it, it seems. That's funny. You mentioned the Univision ad. There's the the one Spanish line at the end of uh, the Tacoma ad that ran on CBS. Did they use English and Spanish on Univision or is it all Spanish? I, I didn't have an opportunity to watch the Univision ad. I presume it was all Spanish, but I actually did ask Toyota's marketing executive about that decision. And, you know, they, they said that the Tacoma actually over indexes with Hispanic population and they're trying to to grow that even more. So I think it was definitely an intentional choice to have the Spanish language in the general market ad as well. It actually made the line funnier too. Yes. (laughs) So the BMW ad, talking like walking. Nice ride. It's the real deal. 100% electric. It's the real deal. Yeah. There's only one Christopher Walken and only one ultimate driving machine. The rest are just imitations. How did that play with people? I think pretty well. We kind of had an internal discussion about that at Ad Age. One of my colleagues was wondering, is, is Gen Z, are the younger buyers going to understand <laughs> that? Are they going to even know who Christopher Walken is? Right. And I said, well, actually, I don't know if you're a Gen Z, if you can afford a BMW at this point. So I don't think they really <laughs> care. You know, you can, they're probably going after more of the millennial, the Gen X, even some of the boomers that have that disposable income to spend on a BMW. So I think it probably worked nicely for that audience. And they did have a little Usher cameo at the end that that may have appealed to sort of a different demographic as well. (laughs) Uh, But I guess it's one of those where I think people remember the ad, but they don't necessarily always connect it back to the brand. I kind of felt that's that a way good point. Some that's of the always other the BMW risk. ads, yeah. That's always the risk of of you know they did. If you watch it, there was the opening scene where Walken sort of throws out a line about plugging the electronic vehicle, He's, and you know the the premise of the ad was was obviously to say this is a one of a kind vehicle, just like Walken is a one of a kind right uh, personality. 
interesting. It's always a, a challenge on on those fronts. But um, so why do we? Why do you think that the Kia ad resonated? I I kind of felt it was a little hard to follow, although obviously very you know sign of a sentimental thing. Wish I was here. Kia, movement that inspires. Yeah, I mean, you know, this this Super Bowl overall was just full of humor celebrity ads. So I think that anything emotional kind of stood out just because Mm -hmm. it was different. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a, it was a, you know, there was some nice music in the Kia spot. You know, I think just opening up to see a a young girl figure skating is going to automatically endear itself (laughs) to the viewing public. But your question about how many people tie the ads to the vehicle might be applicable for this ad. You know, they're obviously trying to to promote the fact that the EV9 can be used as like a mobile power source. So that was the whole premise of the ad. And they did try to like, if you watch it, you know, the scenes, they intentionally showed him, you know, plugging the car into, you know, power mm-hmm. the speakers and the lights. But I, I'm just wondering how many people caught that. Yeah, it was it was a hard read for me, but um, you know, ads are not meant to be seen only once. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I was curious, you know, this is a rare Super Bowl that went to overtime. Does that affect the advertising uh, side at all? So what what the networks, you know, this was only the second overtime game. The last one was in 2017. And that this game, of course, CBS had it this year. Back in 2017, Fox had that game. Hmm. What they do is they'll actually sell uh, spots for overtime if the game goes to overtime. And then, you know, if, you, if it doesn't go to overtime, the advertisers get their money back. Uh, you know, no automakers seem to buy those spots, or at least the game didn't go on long enough. Maybe some automakers had some long-term ads if it had gone yeah. even further. We did see a State Farm ad in that slot. They just reran the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger ad. Other than that, you know, it was actually two auto insurers. Progressive also got one of those spots and Discover uh, credit card as well. Any final uh, big takeaways for the auto industry from this year's game and the and the ads? You know, I one thing it's 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 not too soon to talk about next year. I, you know, <laughs> these decisions are often made in budget meetings that occur over the next few months. So I'll be super interested to see if we we're going to get to a point where we see more automakers decide to come back to the game, or if this is just one of these categories now that just is not going to be as dominant as it once was. EJ Schultz is news editor for Ad Age, where he keeps an eye on the automotive industry, among others. EJ, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. And you can watch all four of the automotive Super Bowl ads over at autonews.com. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Carly Schaffner and John Irwin for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on marketing, earnings results, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for my conversation with CDK Global CEO Brian McDonald about the company's focus on growth. We're really investing in our products, and we're also investing in our internal systems to improve our customer experience, to make us more efficient internally. And so we're really in an invest and grow mode. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.